sacrifice No one else could take his place It was love that held him there There's nothing like his saving grace When they laid him in the tomb Brother Asher to come on. He's going to preach to us tonight. Really enjoyed his messages this morning and uh, just a blessing and a help. Be praying for uh, him, Miss Joanne, as they start in this new area of life and ministry. And I know God can use them in a great way. Uh, they've helped us today, so it's good to have them with us tonight. Amen. Thanks, Pastor. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's a, again, it's a blessing to be here this evening. I hope you feel the same way. Amen. Wasn't that great? That's special, something else. You know, I, like I said this morning, uh, it was 26 years ago that we started uh, coming to Parkview. Pastor Brown had only been here just a few months. And, and uh, man, Sister Elaine, you just got to be so blessed to see all the generations that you raised for the Lord and them serving God. I was looking in the choir, and, and you got children, grandchildren, got great-grandchildren all running around here. Man, I'll tell you, it's a blessing. But I know one thing, you never would have saw Mark Wilson standing up here doing a special uh, uh, 20 years ago, amen, but uh, his kids were a real blessing. Galatians chapter number 6 in the Bible this morning, or this evening, and uh, I just want to thank the church, thank you so much for allowing my wife and I to, uh, to come. Lord, the Lord knows we, we just want to be a blessing, that's, uh, that's what I, we believe God's called us to do, encourage the saints of God. Try to help you along the way. Hey, we all got problems. Amen. We all got in our in spite of us. And, 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 and I hope you don't think that my wife and I think, well, our problems have been, you know, worse than anybody else's problems. We don't feel that way at all. We know people have gone through deeper trials than what we've ever gone through, but we're just trying to be obedient to what God wants us to do by, uh, uh, by going out and trying to help people. So please do pray for us because we, uh, we're, we're taking a big step of faith. Um, April 30th, like I said, this morning's our last Sunday at our church, and we, by God's grace, are going to get into church. If you know of a good church that I haven't preached in yet, uh, you got family or friends, uh, uh, let them know, let them know that uh, we'd love to come and be a blessing to you. But I just want to thank uh, the church for lunch today, and uh, your pastor is, uh, is always thinking, always thinking, well, maybe his wife's the one that's always thinking, but... Uh, but uh, we uh, want to thank you for the room at the hotel this afternoon. We were able to, to relax for a while and, 
and uh, just uh, unwind rather than driving all the way back home and coming back here. But uh, uh, we had have done it because we just uh, are, are blessed to be here, all right? Galatians chapter 6, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. If you're able, I ask you to please stand with me as we read the Word of God. We'll also be going into Job chapter 2, uh, but uh, we're going to start here in Galatians chapter number 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden." Verse number two says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This evening I want to bring a message reaching out to the unexpected or in the unexpected or bear one another's burdens. Be a burden bearer. Let's pray together. Father, we just come to you now and Lord again we thank you for all that we've seen and heard here this evening. Lord, what a blessing the choir song was, the special by the Wilsons. Lord, what a great church that you've assembled here at Parkview. And Lord, we thank you so much for their stance, for their pastor, for the friends that we've gained over the years. And Lord, we just thank you for your blessing. If it wasn't for you, Lord, we probably wouldn't even know each other. But Lord, this evening, as we open your word, we ask for your blessing. We ask for you to guide and direct and I pray that you would just fill me with your spirit. Give me your power tonight. Lord, I pray that uh, tonight we'd leave here encouraged and maybe know a little bit more on how to help somebody else. Father, we've all got our trials. We've all got our heartaches. But Lord, we need to reach out and to help other people. So Lord, tonight, I just pray you'll uh, use this message to glorify yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated, if you will. <clears throat> Now, like I said this morning, tonight's going to be more of a teaching time than it is a, a preaching time. I always say that, and I get preachy anyway, but that's all right. Um, you know, we're trying to give, uh, in the ministry that we're called to, we're trying to give, like I said this morning, 28 years of, of, of caregiving as, a, as, a, as an education that God gave to my wife and I. We're trying to help other people to learn how to help other people, amen? How to best be a burden bearer, you know? We all are to bear our cross. Verse number five says, for every man shall bear his own burden. Brother, can you turn me down just a little bit there, John? Um, thank you, sir. Um, uh, we, 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 we all, again, have to bear our burdens. We all have problems. We all have trials. We all have what we like to call an in spite of. And in spite of in your life, we have to be, we are people that have problems as the children of God but the Bible here tells us in verse number 2 in Galatians chapter 6, bear ye one another's burdens also. We're, not, we're, we're to bear our own burden. Luke chapter uh, 9 verse 23 is our, our, our text verse for our ministry. The Bible says that he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, this is Jesus speaking, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So we are to bear our burdens, but as we bear our burdens, we are also to serve Christ or to help bear one another's burdens. You know, the Bible, uh, uh, in Galatians it says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now what is the law of Christ? Jesus gave commands to his disciples, but the, the primary command that he gave to his disciples, he says in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. So in order for you and I to be identified as a child of God, as a disciple of Christ, we have to show love to one another. Now that doesn't mean, hey, brother Tom, I love you. And that's it. Love is an action. Love takes an action. It's not just an emotional feeling. It's not just words that we say. Love has to be demonstrated so that other people can see it. We prove our love by bearing one another's burdens. <clears throat> the Bible says in John 3, 
uh, uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commendeth or demonstrated his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So there's an action associated with the love of God. Jesus proved his love for us by his actions. John 15, 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The love that Jesus had for you and I took him and, and, and drove him to the cross. He laid down his life. We prove our love for Christ by our actions. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So when we say, oh yeah, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. That's fine. But we have to show, we prove our love. We demonstrate our love by our actions. People see our love one for another. The proof of our love, according to Galatians chapter number six, is that we bear one another's burdens. Mm. We bear our own burdens, yes. But in the process of bearing our burdens, friend, we need to bear other people's burdens also. I mean, sometimes our burdens can be overwhelming, can't they? But you know what? If we want to show our love for one another, we have to be people that are willing to bear another person's burden, willing to take on someone else's in spite of, if you will, in spite of our own, in spite of. Does that make sense? Well, if it doesn't make sense to you, it makes sense to me, so we're in trouble. Amen. All right, tonight I want us to turn, down, turn back to, uh, to Job again, Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2 and verse number 11. <clears throat> all that Job had was taken from him. His children have perished at this point. Satan st stood before God. God said, have you considered my servant Job that he still keeps his integrity even though you've done all this to him? And he says, yeah, but if you let me touch, his, touch him, skin for skin, you let me touch him, he'll curse you to your face. God says, okay, go ahead. But you can't kill him. So Job now at this point is sitting in ashes, Boils from his head to the bottoms of his feet. He's scraping his sores with pot shears. The Bible tells us here in, in verse number 11, Now when Job's three friends heard all this evil that was come upon him, they came, every one, from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite, for they had made an appointment together to come, to mourn with him, and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with uh, him upon the ground seven days and seven nights. And none spake a word unto him, for they saw that, he, that his grief was very great. Here we have uh, uh, the account of Job's three friends coming to him. I want to say they started out right. They started out right. The Bible says that they made an appointment together. They, they, they got together and said, you know what? We need to go comfort Job. They went to comfort him, the Bible says. They went to mourn with him. They wanted to help their friend in his hour of need. In his, in spite of. In his trial. So there's three things that I want you and I to take a look at in these verses that we can see here in Job chapter number 2 and apply them to our situations or how we can react when someone else is going through a difficult time. Tonight, I'm not gonna, we're not going to talk so much about our personal problems ourselves, but how we can minister and show the love of Christ and be a burden bearer to someone else. First of all, be available. Be available. Job's friends came to spend time with him in his hour of need. You know, you and I need to be people that are willing to be there for others. To be there when someone else is going through a trial. Many times people in pain or in grief feel very, very isolated. They feel like nobody else cares. Nobody knows what they're going through. And then the truth is, nobody does know what they're going through. 
but they feel isolated. And they feel alone. And they just need someone to come and be with them. Spend some time with them. Being there is invaluable for someone. You know, when Johnny was first born, we had a, 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 a great support group. We had, you know, our church, and we had friends, and we had family, and, and everybody was all around. You know, it's kind of like even in a, in a, in a situation when, when someone passes away. You know, uh, the, the support is there at the funeral, right? And the family's there, and everyone's around. And, but slowly but surely, people go back to their life. And slowly but surely, those that are in grief, those that are going through a difficult time, feel more and more alone because the fact is, is people are going on with their life. And when Johnny was born, it was kind of the same way. Uh, we had a lot of support. We had a lot of people that were around us. But little by little, everybody went back to their old life. And Joanne and I and Bob and Jason, we're, now what do we do, you know? I'm not trying to, I'm not indicting anybody. I'm just saying that's how things go. That's how things are. We need to be there. Support, the support fades and people's lives get busy. It takes a concentrated effort to be there for someone. You have to decide, just like Job's friends here did. They made an appointment, the Bible says. You have to decide, you know what, I am going to go out of my way to be part of this person's life. I am going to go out of my way to be there for someone as they go through Heartache. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You know, <clears throat> your pastor and Mrs. Brown, I've told you this before, we wore him out going to the hospital. <laughs> Amen. I mean, Johnny was in and out of the hospital all the time during his 20. You know, Johnny spent over two years of his life inpatient in the hospital. And many, many times, Pastor Brown and Mrs. Brown, they'd always show up. They'd be there. You know, Chuck and Linda, they, many, many times, they'd, they'd, they'd be there in the hospital for us, and we just thank the Lord for that. But you know, friend, going and seeing somebody in the hospital can be invaluable. Now, <clears throat> you, you have to do, timing's always right. For me and my wife, it wasn't, we weren't the one lying in the hospital bed, so we always enjoyed having people come and visit us. But you know, when you've just had surgery and you're kind of loopy from anesthesia, you, you don't need a bunch of people walking in the room saying, hey, how you feeling, brother? But you know, going and visiting somebody while they're in the hospital, going and paying a visit to someone while they're sick is invaluable. It encourages people. It encourages them while they're going through their time. Visits, are, were, for us, were so much appreciated. You know, it's important for the person that's facing trials and grief to know that we're there for them. If you're saved today and you're going through a trial, can I tell you this? You're not alone, even though you may feel like it. You're not alone. The Lord's with you. Like we said this morning, He'll never leave you nor forsake you. At times, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. When there's nobody else around, don't, don't, don't look and say, well, nobody cares, so that's it. No, that, that's when you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Look heavenward and say, you know what, Lord? I'm feeling alone right now. Please, encourage me. So in order for you and I to be a burden bearer, we must be available. Then, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Job chapter 2 and verse 12 says, And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept, and they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. Job's friends opened themselves up to emotion. Mm. Open themselves up to emotion. Now, I talked about this morning being honest with our emotions while we're going through a trial. But when you're going to bear one another's burdens, when you're going to help somebody else, we need to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and open ourselves up to the person we're trying to help to their emotions. And sometimes that's not really comfortable. Job's friends came, the Bible says they wept with them. They wept with them. They mourned with them. <clears throat> they entered into Job's feelings. You know, a lot of times the reason why people aren't available is because they don't want to be vulnerable. <laughs> Amen? Don't want to be vulnerable. I don't, hey, man, I don't want to open my heart up. If I open my heart up to somebody else's problems or somebody else's uh, um, uh, uh, heartache and pain, 
It just might stir some emotions up inside me. And we don't like having that stirred up in us sometimes. But I'm here to tell you, friend, we need to open ourselves up to other people's emotions. Emotions run high at times of grief. Emotions run high during times of problems, but that's okay. That's all right. They're supposed to. Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Bearing one another's burdens involves being touched by the pain and the feelings of someone else. That's not always a comfortable place. It's not always a place we'd like to go. Romans 12, 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. As we bear one another's burdens, we have to be vulnerable. Jesus stood outside the grave of Lazarus. The Bible says he wept. He opened himself up to the feelings of Mary and Martha. He opened himself up to the feelings of mankind, the emotions of mankind. Isaiah 53 and verse 3 says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. The Bible says of the Messiah that was to come that we know is Jesus Christ. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He is our example. We need to be people that are willing to open ourselves up to other people's emotions. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.15, We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was touched by our feelings. We need to allow ourselves to be touched by someone else's feelings. Open ourselves up for that. You know, many times, like I said, people, people will, will get around someone that's suffering, going through a hard time, and they're, they're, they're there, but they don't want to be vulnerable, so slowly but surely they'll back away. They'll back away from the situation. Not want to be part of those emotions, those feelings, you know. Hey, especially us men, right? I'm not guided by my emotions. That's a, that, them women, the women are the ones that are run by emotion. Well, that's true, but we still, we still have emotions, men. Men hurt. You know, man up. You know? You know, sometimes there's things, friends, you can't man up to, from. You just got to go through them. You got to go through them. You know? <laughs> men must learn to grieve also. Like we talked about this morning, it's a process. Grieving is a process that you have to go through. <clears throat> you know, we give Job's wife um, a bad rap, right? Curse God and die. But you know what? His wife just lost all her security. Right? Women, you love your security, financial security, right? She lost it all. She lost her children too. She probably didn't have the same walk with God that her husband did. And part of the grieving process, my friend, is anger. And at that point, she was angry. What, you're going to keep your integrity after all this? You know, we, we need to realize she was going through a difficult time in her life. We need to see, hey, we need to open ourselves up to other people's emotions, other people's heartache, you know? A lot of times people will, will fade away, I like to say, because, you know, they don't want to be part of the emotions, but they don't want to stir up your emotions if you're going through a difficult time. As you go through your heartache, people are afraid to say something that will make you feel bad, you know? We, we, we avoid situations because we don't want somebody else that's going through a hard time to feel bad. You know what? They already feel bad. <laughs> They're already hurting. We, we, we need to be there for people. We need to open up our heart. Again, they're already sad. We need to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And then we need to be audible. Need to be audible. Job chapter 2 and verse 13, the Bible says, So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him. 
for they saw that his grief was very great. Verse uh, 1 of chapter 3 says, After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed his day. Job's friends sat in silent, silence for seven days. Didn't say a word. Just sat there with their friend. They didn't get in trouble until they opened their mouths. Amen. When I say be audible, what I'm trying to say is be a listener. When someone's going through a hard time, they need to talk. When someone is in grief, they need to talk. When people are hurting, they need to talk about things. They need to have someone just be a listener. You know, we want to be an expert, don't we? We want to have all the answers. But the truth is, we don't have any of the answers most times. We're not an expert, and you don't need to be an expert. You just need to listen. You need to listen what the person is saying. Speak, let people speak about their feelings. James chapter 1, verse 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Bearing one another's burdens means we need to be a person that will listen and not waiting just for an opportunity to speak. Hmm. You ever talk to somebody like that? You know why you're talking. They're not really listening to you because they've got something they want to say. We can't be that way. We've got to be people that are just willing to listen and listen and just let people talk it out. Sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes we have to listen to the same stories over and over and over again. I was sharing this. It's in the book, but I was sharing with, uh, with uh, Jeremiah and those that went out to, to lunch with us today how when Johnny was born, our first pastor and his wife came, came over. And I, I, was so, I, I wasn't excited, but I was so glad that I'm finally going to get a chance to ask all the questions that have no answers. Amen. I didn't know it at the time, but I just figured it was the pastor and he knows everything. And so he's going to go ahead and he's going to give us the answers to the, to the why questions and to the questions that have no answers. When his wife came over, sat in our living room, we talked about the Tigers, talked about church, talked about their new car, talked about everything under the sun, except for Johnny, except for what we were going through. And when they left, I just kind of scratched my head. My wife and I just looked at each other like, huh? I really want, we needed someone to, someone to, talk, to listen to us. Just listen to us. And, and, some, and, and, and I'm not blaming anybody. I, it, it could be that the pastor knew he didn't have no answers. <laughs> so he didn't want to say, so how are you feeling? Tell, us, tell me how you're feeling. He wouldn't allow himself to, to be questioned. You know, us men, we got a lot of pride, especially preachers. We want, we want to have all the answers for everybody. There was no answers. We just needed to talk. Just wanted to talk to somebody. <clears throat> you know, many times people will, will kind of back away or fade away, if you will, because they don't know what to say. But you know, saying nothing, a lot of times is the best thing. Just not even talking, just listening. Just sitting there and listening. Don't say a word. You know, Peter was a guy who always had something to say, didn't he? I mean, he was always one that was putting his foot in his mouth because he had to say something. You know, I've, I'm there. I do that myself sometimes. I, I just, I got to say something. But you know, there's times, friend, where, where we ought not say anything. You know, on the Mount of Transfiguration, you know, the Bible says that in Mark chapter 9, verses 5 and 6, Peter answered and said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he wist not what to say, for they were sore afraid. He didn't know what to say, but he still said something. A lot of times when you don't know what to say, friend, just don't say anything. Hey, we keep ourselves from getting into trouble that way, don't we? Peter just wanted to say something. <clears throat> Being a good listener is such an encouragement to someone that's grieving. Like I said earlier, it may be, we may have to hear the same stories over and over and over again, but you just don't know how much that helps somebody to talk. You know, going through difficulties, those that are going through difficulties, we've got to be careful also. 
that that's not the only thing we talk about. It's our trials and our pain and our heartache. You know, you don't want to be a person that, <laughs> that when you walk in, the, walk in the room, you just suck the oxygen out of the room, you know, and everybody goes, oop, you know. We've got to be careful not to do that. If you're going through a trial today, talk, have someone, but, but don't let that be the only thing you ever talk about. Because people want to help you, but after a while, it gets hard. It gets hard. You know, <clears throat> we go to a support group from time to time of families that have lost a child. And everyone to a person has got the same, had the same experience. They need to talk. They just need to talk. And, and you know, talk about your loved one. And what happens is, is, is over time, like I said, people's lives go on. It's not that people forget about your loved one, but they don't, they don't want to make you feel bad by talking about the person that you've lost. And so no one talks about them. It's almost like they're forgotten. It happens in families. It happens with friends. But you know what? Man, go ahead and bring it up. Go ahead and bring it up because the person that you're talking to, the person whose burden you're trying to bear, it will help them so much as they go through their, their heartache and their pain. Doctor, uh, our doctor who recommended the support group had lost a child, and uh, he said his friends would see him coming down the hall um, uh, at the hospital, and they would turn around and go the other way when they saw him coming because they didn't want to talk to him. They didn't want to hear about his son. You know, <clears throat> people that, that are in grief learn to put on the mask. You learn to put on the mask. When you're going through a trial, when you're going through a heartache, and like I said, there's probably represented in this room, every one of us is carrying a burden at one level or another. We walk into church, and what do we do? We put the mask on. And we, how you doing today, brother? How you doing today, sister? Oh, I'm fine, and how are you? When you're dying inside. And what happens is, is people that are going through grief and going through deep sorrow learn to put the mask on to protect the people that they come in contact with on a regular basis. My suggestion to you is this. When you, when you know someone's going through a difficult time, when you know their, their heart is really breaking, and you ask them how they're doing, don't accept fine as an answer. Some of you may know the evangelist David Korn. He's an illusionist, and he preaches, and, and he works a lot of youth rallies. He's a wonderful evangelist, sweet young man. Him and his wife, they're, 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 they're just a blessing. And uh, they had a child that was born with disabilities, and my wife and I know them real well. And uh, uh, they, came, they came to uh, our church, and, and uh, I took... I took David out to lunch, and we're sitting there talking. I said, so, brother, um, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I just laughed at him. You know, he's kind of looking at me. I said, look, brother, how are you doing? You can tell me the truth. I want to hear how you're doing. And then for the next 45 minutes, we had opportunity to talk about what he's going through as a father and as a preacher and trying to help your wife and trying to serve and do the ministry and everything like that. But you see, folks, that's what people need. Don't, don't accept the I'm fine answer from someone that's going through difficulty. Dig a little deeper and make, make them answer you, yeah, amen, how they, how they really feel. Those that have been the biggest encouragement to my wife and I are those who will let us talk, ask us how we're doing and mean it, and we don't need to put the mask on. And you can be the biggest encouragement to people if you just don't allow people to wear the mask around you. Make them talk. Because that's the easiest thing to do. You know that, don't you? Is just say, oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. Oh, friend, we need to be burden, burden bearers. Being a burden bearer is just listening to when someone, preach, or someone speaks. And then a couple other suggestions I've got, to you, got for you is don't preach to a hurting heart. When someone's heart is breaking, especially a brother or sister in the Lord, they know the scriptures. 
Can I tell you that Romans 8.28 was quoted to me so many times when Johnny was first born, and every time it was like someone took a knife and just drove it into my gut. I know Romans 8.28. I know that all things work together for good. I know the scriptures, but right now I hurt too much to accept that, to receive that. Hey, now I, I, like I said this morning, looking back, I can say, what did David say? David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted because he learned the word of God. It was good for me that I was afflicted. David was looking back on his trials. But while he was going through them, he was, he was, he was going through a difficult time. You know, again, don't, don't try to preach. And then let me just say this. Don't, don't um, try to act as though you know what, everybody, what somebody else is going through. My wife and I lived the same 28 years together with our, with our son, with our family. Everything, our, our experience was the same, right? But I have no idea what she was. She, her, her way of thinking and what she was going through was different than what I was going through. When our son was born, she was going through things that I wasn't going through and vice versa. I did not know. I could not look at her and say, I know exactly how you feel. And none of us know how somebody else feels. We may have similar experiences and be able to help one another and try to encourage one another and say, well, this is what helped me. This is what helped me. You know, you know being, trying to comfort someone with the comfort wherewith we are comforted of God, but we don't know how someone else feels. Because all of us react differently to situations, right? That's what I, one thing I always appreciated about Pastor Brown. He never tried to have all the answers. He never said to you, oh, brother, I know how you feel. He'd, just say, he'd say, brother, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. At, his, at Johnny's funeral, <laughs> it was such a, that, was his, that was his theme. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. And the great thing was is he can't even imagine what Johnny's experienced in heaven today. But let me say this too. Let me say this too. Folks, I know Johnny's in heaven, and I thank the Lord for that. I know that Johnny has is, is, is got a new body. He always used to say, he'd say, uh, he'd say I, I know that I'm not in heaven. I know that I, I, I'm not in heaven when I'd wake up because he had an upper plate. And he would take his tongue, and if he felt that he didn't have any teeth there, he knew he was still here on earth. You know, he would feel with his tongue, oh, I don't have my new teeth yet, I don't have my new body. He always knew that. And, 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 I know, and we can take comfort in knowing that Johnny's in heaven. But, you know, when, 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 when someone's going through that and they, they've lost someone and they're in heaven, man, I'm happy for Johnny, but I still hurt so bad. Joanne still hurts so bad. We miss him so much. Yeah, he's in heaven, and we're going to see him someday. But sure, I sure would love to see him waddle down that hallway one more time. You understand what I'm trying to say? Folks, look, look. In order for you and I to show the love of Christ, we are to bear one another's burdens. And if we are going to bear one another's burdens, we have got to show our love one for another. Not just talk about it. Hey, when someone's going through a hard time, just be there. Just be there. You know, well, I might annoy them. Well, if you annoy them, then <laughs> let them decide that. Amen? Be there. Be there for them. Be available. Be vulnerable. Go ahead and weep with those that are weeping. Go ahead and hurt with them and for them. Be a listener. Just be a listener. You will help. If you take those three bits of advice right there, we will see, you will see opportunities. We talked about this back in, back in February. We can connect with the lost world through our trials. And if we take those three bits of advice right there and go to our lost neighbor that's going through a difficult time that you know about, Go to that coworker. Go to that, that friend that, you're, that, that is going through a difficult time. And you take the time 
to help bear their burden. God will open a door of witness for you that you won't even believe. Because that person will appreciate your heart and the love that you're showing towards them. Because we do have the answers, don't we? We don't have, might not be able to answer the why question, but we know the who. Amen. We know the one that will, that will, that will uh, help them just like he helps us through our trials. So today, hey friend, we're going through life-bearing burdens. Every one of us. But as a brother and sister in the Lord, as a friend, as a neighbor, as a, as a family member, we all know people that are going through burdens. Jesus wants us to bear our burden, take our cross, and follow him, and go out and help bear someone else's burden. May God help us to be burden bearers tonight. Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you, God, for, again, the opportunity we have, Lord, to impact someone else's life. Lord, there's hurting people around us every day. Help us to see it. But Lord, help us to minister. To show love. To bear one another's burdens. In spite of our own. Lord, to show the love of God to someone else that's going through a trial. Oh God, help us tonight. To just take these words, the, 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 this advice, if you will. And Lord, help us use it for your honor, for your glory. And Lord, see Christians strengthened, but see the lost come to Christ because we are willing to be available, to be vulnerable, and to be audible. Lord, I pray that you would put on our hearts someone that we could be a burden bearer for today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you will. If God spoke to your heart, why don't you come on down to this altar. What number you got, Brother Tom? 467. 467 in the songbook. You may have a friend, you may have a family member today that you know, you know someone that's going through a trial. Why don't you come and just pray for them, if you will. Let's do what God would have us to do in this service.
be seated. Appreciate that message. Now that helped me. I'd, we all need lessons in compassion, and I think we can all be.